you weren't supposed to be hearing my voice today. I was supposed to be thinking about our debut show and a restaurant profile. But the reality is there was another mass shooting in Colorado. And all I can think about is this moment nine years ago on July 20th, 2012. I couldn't forget it if I wanted to. I was on stage with my band at the Underground Music Showcase when I heard about the Aurora Theater shooting. A voice from backstage told me to say something about the shooting. It had just happened. I didn't know if I knew anybody who had been killed. I, like everyone else, had no details about what happened. But what I awkwardly said on stage that night lived on forever on the internet in a concert review of the festival that ran the next day in the Denver Post. The piece quoted me when I said, I don't know how to do one of these things without being awkward, but if you could just take a moment to think about someone other than yourself, that would be great. I hate that quote. I hate that it's out there in the public record. I remember feeling confused and sad, feeling angry to have been put in a position of having to say something. How could I speak on something so tragic that I knew nothing about? This moment flashed in my mind this past Monday as I frantically searched for updates on the Boulder shooting. Ten people shot and killed at the King Supers on Table Mesa Drive. The youngest was 20 years old. Again, I felt the pressure to say something. To be from Colorado means you've had these where was I when moments about mass shootings in our state. They happen in our restaurants, high schools, movie theaters, health clinics, churches, grocery stores. But they also happen in neighborhoods across the metro area every day. It's ingrained in our history, too. Ludlow, Sand Creek. The issue of gun violence is an essential, devastating component in the story of Colorado. You weren't supposed to be hearing my voice today, but here I am. My name is Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Okay, so Lee Patterson, you are a reporter based in Denver, and our listeners might know you from KUNC Public Radio for Northern Colorado. I wanted to talk to you in particular because our team at CityCast Denver is right on the precipice of launching a new daily news podcast and newsletter, and we had all these ideas and stories we wanted to tell. And then this shooting happened, and those other things don't feel meaningful in quite the same way. And I know you just recently wrapped a two-year project reporting on guns in America, and I thought you might be the perfect person to help us sort this out. So welcome to CityCast Denver. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, We're speaking a few hours after the second press conference in Boulder um, with Boulder police, and they gave an update on their investigation, and they released the names of the 10 victims, and a few other officials made solemn statements. Lee, how do you feel watching yet another press conference like this? Yeah, well, honestly, these are a little hard for me to watch in a way. I think on one hand, it's all extremely important for family members, for community members, um, for, you know, for there to be an informed public. Like, we need to know what happened and we need to hear what public officials are doing about it. On the other hand, we've seen this whole thing so many times before, you know, multiple press conferences at the scene, usually going late into the night, information comes out and drips and drabs and then more and more and more, you know, the 
we hear from the police, we'll hear from the district attorney, we'll hear from local lawmakers. The president will usually say something. Politicians and activists will put out statements, you know, calls to action, um, calls for change. And the hard part is that that cycle just doesn't change that much event to event. And I think that's in part because mass shootings persist, like they just keep happening, even though they're horrible and we want them to stop. So the predictability of the whole thing uh, is one of the tough parts. Yeah. So we have a we have a sibling podcast in Chicago and our colleagues in Chicago had an interesting reaction to this news from Boulder. They said that in Chicago, more than 100 people have been killed by gun violence already this year. And here in Denver, we've seen a similar surge in gun violence. Like here in, in my neighborhood where I live in West Denver, there were multiple shootings within a 10 block radius of my house last summer alone. So on one hand, we've just witnessed a horrible tragedy in Boulder. But on the other hand, we're living in the middle of tragedy after tragedy. How do we or how do you make sense of all of this? I think... So one way I make sense of all of it is honestly to compartmentalize a little bit in in my mind. Uh, Here's what I mean by that. So in this country, there are many types of gun violence with different causes and different solutions. So firearm suicide, for example. Mm. Firearm suicides make up more than half of overall gun deaths in this country every single year. I'm talking in 2018, like 20,000 people died this way. And Colorado has one of the highest suicide rates in the country, and firearm is a very, very common method. So that's one type of gun violence to think about. Then we have mass shootings, like the one we're talking about that happened in Boulder yesterday. These events are extremely rare, even though they get a lot of media attention. Sure. You know, they're making up like less than 1% or less than 2% of gun violence overall, and that really depends on how you measure it. There's not a clear definition for what's a mass shooting. And then we have kind of all the other types of gun violence that happen in communities all across the country, like the drip, drip, drip of gun violence that's always happening. And that's, you know, those are accidents, uh, intimate partner violence, gang violence, and homicide. So while you know, we're thinking about this mass shooting now because it just happened in Boulder and then the incident in Atlanta last week. Yes, those have those have really slowed down during the pandemic. But as you mentioned in, in the question that you just asked, gun violence in cities like Chicago, Denver has actually increased significantly during the pandemic. The number of stolen guns and the number of recovered stolen guns has also increased. Um, we know here in Denver that part of that surge Um, involves gun violence among kids, Mm -hmm. which is really sad. And unfortunately, that is something that's been happening for some time now. So I guess in answer to your question, I think about all the different types of gun violence, how unique they are. Um, The causes are really different. The solutions are really different. And yeah, I I suppose it's kind of an overwhelming problem when you think about the scale. Yeah, and I think it's it's you gave such great context to it that gun violence, you know, the mass shooting situation will get the most media attention, but it's part of a larger picture of gun violence in all of these other different aspects of our lives. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, you studied this for two years, and and I wondered if you came across any specific solutions or or things that have been working maybe in other places or other countries because we know this is 
in the in the context of this story, it's a very uniquely American problem. Broadly, what I can say is that gun violence in general in American cities is involves a very small number of people, very, mm-hmm. very small number of people. Um, the the shooters, the victims, and of course I'm generalizing, but oftentimes these are people who've like been involved more than once in gun violence. And so if you think about it that way, like law enforcement or community groups can really like target their work if we're talking about a very small number of people, for example. There are um, violence intervention programs. There are a couple in Denver. These programs are made up of Uh, people who function as mentors and they work with young people. They try to like intercept young people before uh, they get involved in violence. So one very specific example of this, there's a hospital-based violence intervention program at Denver Health. And when a kid uh, turns up with a gunshot wound or even a stab wound, these mentors, I'll just call them, that's not their actual title, but they go to the hospital bed. They talk with that kid. They hold their hand. They help them with paperwork. The idea is to pair them up with a caring adult and to help them deal with their shock and their anger about what they've just been through so they don't leave the hospital and get wrapped up in, you know, whatever was going on. Um, I think that, you know, investing resources in communities, um, you know, the Boys and Girls Club, for example, the YMCA, like giving kids stuff to do after school, you know, there's some there's some research that uh, social programs are, are quite effective. The Star Mobile Unit, is you've heard of it yeah so like it's a pilot program in denver it's a non-police response to you know low level calls 911 calls yeah and you might think well like what does that have to do with gun violence well it's a community service and it helps people when they're in crisis and sometimes those situations can escalate to something much more emergent where law enforcement does have to be involved so i think maybe if there's a theme in what i'm saying it's like early intervention um, to help young people out before they get to the stage where they're getting involved in gun violence. Like that is some of what works. And then on the other hand, you know, to my first point, law enforcement and activists developing a very targeted and nuanced understanding of where gun violence is happening and who's involved so that they can spend more time on that corner, for example, so that they can like make friends with people in that neighborhood who are you know, seeing things and hearing things and um, just have much more targeted intervention. And is that different from an approach to a situation like the one in Boulder? Because the, what you're talking about with interventions is so one-on-one specific with with people and i wonder if there if there's any sort of solutions that could be applied to the the quote-unquote mass shooting epidemic oh that's a really big question um so because we're talking about events that are rare Mm. even though we can generalize in some ways you know shooters tend to be white males for example um they tend to use guns purchased legally for example. Um, When you're dealing with a low probability event, it's really hard to come up with effective strategies that are going to work in all of these situations. 
And that is the challenge with mass shootings. Well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us so so quickly and for sharing your thoughts and your expertise on this subject. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. For updates on the situation in Boulder, I recommend following Mitchell Byers of the Boulder Daily Camera and the fine journalists at the Denver Post and Colorado Public Radio. Thanks for listening. CityCast Denver's official debut is still planned for March 25th. I'll talk to you then.